0: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. ymbiotika dot com.
1: Okay, so it kind of happens faster than you think, and it's real subtle. And of course, everybody's story is different. Everybody's entry point different. But I tell you my experience. My sister's so much older than me. She, she kind of liked her dudes a little thuggy, <laughs> but we were really close. And oftentimes, when she was making a run, going to check up on her dudes because she had many i would be just along for the ride and her alibi and sitting in the living room and while i'm sitting in the living room there's bricks and packs being broken up and repacked and getting prepped you know while she's you know checking up on her mans or one of her mans are you sitting there and one of the big g's would be like hey little man what's your name you're like "Uh, uh, jason you know you little brother? You're like, yeah. It's like, hey, you want to make $100? And when you were a kid, $100, that $100, that sounds, it's not a real number. A hundred? Guy pulls out a $100 bill or, or five twenties, most money you ever seen in your life. He's like, hey, look, and listen, this man is shining. I mean, jewels, his gear is dope. He got the, you know, I'm from the 90s. He got the starter jacket. Like, homie is crisp. Man, his car outside is dipped. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's the person you want to be. Then he say this. Take this bag across the street. We're going to be right here. That's all you got to do. Just take it across the street. See them standing over there? Just take it across the street. That's it. Like $100. That's it? To just walk across the street? Yeah. And you know, I'm a kid. I'm trying to be cool. Lucky for me, my sister comes running out from the back being like, hey, 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 hey. And then she start checking him, dudes. Don't be asking my brother to be a part of all this. She come in and defend me. And then uh, they're like, hey, man, let the little man talk. He all right? He all right? Hey, little man, can you speak for yourself or your sister gonna tell you what to do? You know, and obviously I'm frozen because I gotta go home with my sister. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. And they're like, nah, you cool. Hey, look, it's all good, homie. Here's $20. They still give you $20. They say, hey, you little rapping ass nigga, man. You, hey, you got flow. And then, you know, I try to rap for him. And that's how I got out of the situation. You know, I ain't make the 100, but I got the 20. And my sister looking at me like, little nigga, if you do not, I'm like, all right, well, I trust my sister more than he's making But that hundred dollars, that seemed real easy. I think I may want to be a corner boy, but every corner boy needs a plug. Every plug needs a corner boy. politics, y'all. So today has a lot to do with economics and the role economics plays in policy and how that relates to us and what we can do in a system that we exist in. I'm gonna talk about unemployment, unions, Amazon, jobs reports, and really ways that you and I as just regular folk interact with all these things. A corner boy is, I mean, it's a drug dealer, but he's the guy standing on the corner. Now, it's an it's a East Coast term. We don't necessarily use it out here. Well, we do now because, you know, the world is so connected. But as you probably know, because I'm pretty sure you've seen a movie, you know, the corner boy don't have, he has to get the product from somebody. You know, and I know you've listened to rap music, which probably makes you think you know how this works. And I mean, shoot, me too, you know. (laughs) But I know enough to know by being around here and know enough guys who pushed weight. I knew I had a friend in high school, always had cash. Didn't anybody know where he got his cash from? I just always had money in his pocket. He would never tell us. He would always be like, man, if I tell you, I got to kill you. I'm positive. (laughs) He was moving real silent and was probably somewhere around the city getting product into people's heads. But the product got to come from somewhere. And the, the, the product comes from the connect or the plug. And, the, and, and, and sometimes those can be two different people. Like the, the connect oftentimes is might be in Mexico, might be a cartel, might be in Colombia, like somewhere far away. And then the, there could be a middleman. But most of the time, the goal is to not have one. I mean, we can use pimps and hoes as a as a motif. Now, obviously, I've never in my right mind ever referred to a woman as, a oh, hoe. I'm just saying for this explanation, there's a product being moved and there's someone that has to move the product. And in prostitution, the, which is really interesting, it's not necessarily the woman that's the product. It's the the feeling of being aroused and satisfied is the actual product like you could talk to. I've talked to a a number of women who kind of came out that life. I got some we got some homies that work with uh, girls transitioning out of that. And they're like, "Yeah, some nights it's just like they just wanted somebody to talk to. You know, some dudes just want to be cuddled, you know, but they have to have a connect. You got to have a supplier and the supplier is the pimp, you know, and the, the, the pimp lives a very interesting life. There's. There's, in my opinion, obviously I'm not one, but in my opinion, um, the process of breaking Yoho, just the type of psyop you have to do to get a woman to function against her own best interest is, you know, enough talking, too much talking, not enough walking, you know, the pimp hand, you know, backhand is pimping, pimping, you know, using Fear and danger to make sure that this person keeps doing this is a uh, very interesting. I just I think some part of you got it. You got to have a little bit of sociopathy, I think, to actually do this job because it requires of you to look at this person and be like, your job is to walk these streets. Give me my money. But back to the motif. The idea is what keeps a kid on the street because the, the corner boy is a, this is a very dangerous You're in imminent danger all the time. One from the outside might ask themselves, like, why a kid could choose this. I actually understand. I can empathize as to why somebody would choose to do this. Because, again, I'm, you know, just from here. Obviously, I didn't choose it, but I understand why some did. And I think there's two things. There's fear and there's the dream, like the possibility. There's a possibility to become the cartel boss, to become Escobar, you know, to... To have those, you know, million dollar planes and, you know, and your jets and, and you know, because 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 the connect be shining, you know, this idea that like, hey, if I do this, I can move up in this in this game, you know, and puts and put young dudes under me so that I don't have to be out here three days under light poles, you know, no shower, you know, serving these fiends. I, I don't have to be running from the police, hiding, hiding stuff in my pocket like, no, I could sit lovely out in the valley you know, and just have little homies out on the streets with me, so you, I could be shining. You let the Jay Zs and Nipseys of the world start convincing you that that might be you. You know what I'm saying? Because it worked for them. They got in, got out, and they became stars. And you start thinking maybe I can do this. You know, it's kind of like the kid that is swear he going pro. He playing basketball. I'm going pro, and it's like, well, it's not many slots there. It just everybody don't make it. You know, but the the possibility is alluring. But before that, like I said, this man said, I just, I could have made a hundred dollars for two minutes of work. I mean, that's basic economics. Like you want me to go work at some job slaving for some white man, you know, he don't respect me and I'm making pennies. Y'all know what the minimum wage, you know, the minimum wage has not changed in a long time. Hey, and if you're, if you're in a job that it has tips, minimum wage still $2.13 an hour. It's not a it's not a lot. You know, President Biden ran on changing this. He ain't done it yet, which means, look, we need to put his feet to the fire. You said you was going to raise minimum wage. This nigga has not raised minimum wage. Well, he did a little bit, but that's not what we asked for. So it's like, if that's the other option, you mean to tell me I could stand out here and just stand here and the product sells itself, they addict, these people are addicted. All I got to do is just have it on me, play it low, and you telling me I could walk home with a percentage of the $20,000 that's in my pocket right now. I just pay you for the product, pay you your your cut. Let's just say your cut is ridiculous. Now, again, I'm making these numbers up, but your cut is you get to keep 50%. So you're telling me in one night I made $10,000. Why in the hell would I, why would I, this is, well, this is ridiculous. But there's also a possibility that if I play my cards right, I could make $50,000 tonight because I got five, Lil Vatos on the corner doing this for me and they just bring me the money. Uh, this is glorious. So the possibility, but why would you just accept this danger is also the fear. What else you going to do? What are you going to, you going to stand up to a boss? You going to stand up to your plug, your connect? You going to stand up to this, this have you dang, dangling your bodies off the cranes in San Pedro. You better get his money right. That man tell he tell you the numbers she tell you the numbers cuz sometimes the connect sometimes the plug is she she tell you what it is sometimes the connect with the connect you got to go to a, another city a lot of times when you get involved in this sort of life the gang banging kind of like slows down because we we protecting the bag you securing the bag so you may have to go over there with them vatos you if you black person you may have to go over there with them vatos because the connect coming from Mexico right or the other way around like if y'all really want to move this weight, if you, you know, as a like, you know, if you the Latino, you like, man, I got to go mess with these black folks, you know, that you usually don't really, you don't really mess with them, but let's get this money. Why would you just allow yourself to be treated? Well, because you scared. What else you going to do? You done signed up for this. I mean, if you want to get out, you're going to, what are you going to tell the police? Oh, your whole family dying. Yeah, you, you no. But the only way for you to actually get out of the situation is to become the plug. You have to become the connect, right? That's how you get off the corner or you go to prison and you're the one that's going to go to prison. Plug ain't going to prison unless they run some sort of RICO thing, but they're going to be fine. So the goal is to become that. Right. Or let's say that's not an option and you just start figuring out. This is super hypothetical. You and all five of the other corner boys start to organize and say, hey man, we're going to make sure this man treat us right. Now you're a, you would formed a drug dealer union. <laughs> wow. Or you figure out ways to wash the money, to launder it until it becomes legit, you know, and uh, move away like that because you've you've figured out a way out where you, you don't, but basically what you're saying is it's almost like I'm buying my way out. Like you bought your way into a position to where now you don't have to do these things, but if you've existed under a code that says that there's a lot of stuff you just have to keep to yourself you, or everything goes wrong. But the way that the business works is it's one way. If you're a worker bee, you're a worker bee. That's how it works. And you better stay in line. There is no one you can call. But to actually succeed in this business you have to be a remarkably good businessman unbelievably terrifying there has to be a part of you that's like i'm not i'm not afraid of this danger and i will defend myself to the death you know if you're gonna make if you're gonna make it out you know so anybody that like i know now who either soireed in there or was like really did it did a bid, came out, our homeboy, um, right from Grateful Apparel, he, this is a clothing line of, you know, one of my friends out in New York. He was, his story is super amazing. He was like, yeah, I was a businessman. I had the tools. And he was like, I mean, he was doing all right. You know, my homeboy Fern from uh, Scoop called Social Club, yo, he was, he, he was working, you know what I'm saying? And these, both of these dudes are like, Yo, they're incredible, incredible businessmen. But what I want to land on is this symbiotic relationship between the worker and the boss, the corner and the plug. I think the corner boy knows they need the plug. But what the plug don't ever want to acknowledge is you actually need the corner boy. And there's a thing in economics theory it's called elasticity which has to do with like how how high of a price you could charge for something and i think i'm gonna stretch that idea to your worker you can only push a worker so far before they make their calculation that this is not worth it anymore but that relationship is symbiotic i want to talk to y'all about unions and unemployment benefits y'all ready to pivot all right after the break
2: visit paramountplus.com/ the shot to get a 50 percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th subscription auto renews Restrictions apply
3: at and T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. AT&T.
1: All right, we're back. So I'm going to connect something for you. Back in April, there was this huge thing that the news was watching about Amazon in Bessemer, Alabama of all places that was voting on whether they were going to unionize or not. And I used to always wonder like, why, who cares? Like, why is the union such a, why is this such a flashpoint in culture? It's, it just, why? I mean, if I'm running a business and somebody say, Hey, can you pay me this? And then I tell you, nah, I can pay you that. And I know my upfront cost. I know my cog, like how much it costs to get the widget and employ everybody. And if I'm businessman, I feel like I'll be transparent about it. Like, yo, this how much this cost me. This how much I got to pay this person. If we on the street, I got to pay your muscle to make sure you don't die. I'm paying them this. That's why I can only afford to pay you that. Now you trying to do this or not. You know what I'm saying? So with the job, I feel like it's the same thing. But for some reason, corporations find themselves, businesses find themselves to be very opaque about their numbers. Obviously I think. It's because. Transparency work ag- works against them. Then we can't maximize our profits. Because maybe you could possibly pay somebody more. And of course there's some exceptions. Some companies understand that. like A happy worker works harder. A happy worker stays. If you treat people right. They're going to stick around. Then you make more money. I mean I don't. Whatever. Either way. Apparently that's not the norm. But yeah. Amazon, Bessemer, Alabama. Before I go to that, you know what a union is. So (laughs) union and its history began in the 19th century in response to like the social and economic impact of the Industrial Revolution. Basically, it's like this. We got all these factories and we got all these workers and we can pay them whatever the hell we tell them we want to pay them. And you're going to do whatever the hell job I tell you to do because you need a job, right? Post-Civil War, Now we got to pay the workers because the slaves is free and people need to make money so they can survive. Now, as a derailing, but I think it's important, understand like what the Industrial Revolution did, like how that really changed culture. Remember, when we lived in farming agrarian societies, you grew your own food. You grew your own potatoes. You made your own clothes. You did all your own stuff. There was no what's called specialization. So you didn't go off to a work to take care of yourself. You went outside in your own land, took care of what you did. If you needed tools, you went to the corner store. Right. Culture's different. There's a specialization now. Now you don't grow potatoes. You go to the store. The store got potatoes. Right. So rather than working your own land, now everybody went off to work. So we have to go buy those things It like, like it terraformed the world so much differently. Eventually the people working here was like, you're, I can't even afford this job. Like you, it's not even enough. I have to go do something else so I can afford the food and buy the clothes so I could come to your store and work for 19, 20 hours a day. And there's nobody to tell you what to do because I'm in a situation where I need this job. It's not enough jobs for me to have. Right. So you need to start. Man, you can't just be treating us like this. Now, this is the labor unions of of the United States. There's a lot of different types of unions. Um, The police union, which is one that we always see in the news because they're the ones that guarantee after after an officer had this failure in conduct and probably killed a person of color they still get their golden parachute or don't lose their job. It's the union. So ultimately the union in that sense is not doing us justice, but they doing their role, which is protect the worker. And unions, I think America has had like a love-hate relationship with them because they seem to be tied to communism and socialism. And you know, America swear that like those are two of the four pale horses, you know what I'm saying, that of the apocalypse that are You know, if we have any sort of semblance of that, then that mean that like democracy and capitalism is is collapsing because we believe our own propaganda, pun intended, that if you work hard, you'll succeed. This is the land of opportunity. You just, you know, by the sweat of your brow, you 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 go get it. But all of us who've existed in real life knows that it's not that simple. You were you telling me the person right now outside mowing your lawn ain't working harder than you. You listening to a podcast. You fine. We've believed that this idea of this unionizing thing undermines that. Now, that's one way to look at it. This conservative free market economy the best rises to the top competition drives innovation. If you just let the market have the competition, it's going to drive innovation to which I would respond. Then how come every fast food restaurant got the same chicken sandwich? It don't seem like it's innovate to be. Anyway, on the other side of that is no one's going to move your product. If your workers aren't happy, if you're, if they're not treating, you don't have a factory. If you're treating, if you're not treating your workers well, so the workers could get together and be like, well, listen, until you do right by us, we're not coming to work. To which the company men respond, okay, fine, go home. There's a trillion person line outside looking for this work. We're going to find somebody to do it. If you don't want to, okay. They not press for workers, but we press for jobs. Now, obviously, throughout American history, the unions have been exploited by organized crime to make sure that certain jobs go to certain groups. And if you get a guy from your set, from your, you know, crime family into that, you could start muscling the city to make sure this is how this stuff gets mixed up where you could start muscling the city to make sure that like, who going to build this skyscraper? You going to make sure we build this skyscraper because we're going to run this $20 million to the hood, and, but we're going to get it this clean way. Like rather than us just pushing weight, dying on the streets, it's like, nah, we're going to get it. We're going to get it nice and corporate. Organized crime kind of figured it out. They just, that was they end to make sure that the government does whatever the hell they want them to do and they keep this money going. But that's a certain element of it. The other hand is, I mean, the system don't work if we don't work. I you're gonna pay me a fair wage and there's power in numbers if none of us show up, right? It was a way for those out of power, the corner boys, the workers, if you will, to respond to those in power. It was our only, our only way. To get our voices heard was a collective word. So there's things called collective bargaining to make sure that like you're paying us a fair wage. You know, unions are the reason why you have a five day work week, why it's eight hours a day, why you have to have a lunch break. Those are unions. We can get into some of those stories. This is a Behind the Bastards uh, episode about the Virginia coal miners. And then how the government responded to that, but that's a whole other story. The Pinkertons, we did an episode on the Pinkertons with the behind the police situation where when these poor white northerners who were working for Carnegie and the steel mills decided that this was unbearable, Carnegie and them was like, listen, we'll just go get freed slaves. They'll come work. And that was their way of breaking the power, breaking apart the union's power. They used somebody who was poorer than the poor who was like, damn, that's a job. Y'all bugging. I'm going to go get this job because we've been working for free for so long. At least I have the dignity of a paycheck. It was just a way to keep poor people down and you know, divide and conquer. It's the same, same bag. But anyway, they had these things called union breakers where they would hire people to just beat the crap out of folks. So this is the history of unions. It's to make sure that the worker is treated well. And unions really only exist because there's such thing as capitalism. Now, let me talk about capitalism. I'm going to get to Bessemer, I promise. Capitalism is amoral, not immoral, amoral. It's not concerned with morals, good or bad. The morality of capitalism is how you do it. It's not the what, but the how. Capitalism is math. It's input, output, least amount, lower the investment, to hire the rewards. What's the least I can put into to yield the highest rewards at the lowest cost for myself? It's numbers, it's profit. So if there's a higher risk in my investment, then that means the rewards need to be that much more. It's concerned with yields, return on investment. That's ROI. That's what capitalism is. There's a product that you want. I'm going to be the guy to get it. I'm going to get it at the lowest cost to myself And I'm going to sell it if I'm doing capitalism right, because again, it's amoral, at the highest price I possibly can to maximize the numbers and get the greatest yields. So the system by definition says, I want to be the best product and the only one. I need to get a lot of them to the market and I need to be the only place you can get it or the best place to get it. How do you get yourself to get 100% profit on something? That means the product had to cost you nothing which means you don't pay the workers or for the raw materials. That's, I mean, if I'm doing capitalism the way the numbers work, the best labor is free labor. I mean, that's just how the numbers work. Because the more I pay my employees, the lower my profits are. I'm incentivized to pay them less. Now, once you add humanity to it and the reality that like capitalism exists among people, you can't just treat people that way because they'll stop working, right? Then you have to, come to a place of understanding that here is what's called a fair minimum wage. Follow me? But if that minimum wage is only decided by the owners, by the plugs, and the corner boys, us, don't ever get no say in it, we're just subject to whatever you tell us to do. Because what's the alternative? To be unemployed. And I mean, where are you going to go? We'll talk about unemployment later. But Bessemer, Alabama, this was very special because for a long time, somehow or another, Amazon was able to dodge the need to have a union, mainly because they pay very well. And their argument is, we treat y'all right. I don't understand why you would need one. But it was a big push. And they were like, yo, if, if this happens, this was back in April, like if this happens, this might be a big watershed event because what's bigger than Amazon right now? So if they have to go the way of union, this may tell us something about our economy later, right? So look, this one spot in Bessemer, Alabama voted. They voted 1,800 no to 700 yes. So they shot the union down. And it's always interesting to me where maybe this is just my cynicism. I'm generally like not on the corporation side because I just feel like you're just trying to maximize your numbers. But this was very interesting. When you listen into the people, there were workers there that was like, listen, this is a great job. I mean, I don't see anything wrong. And they have this view of unions as being, you know, corrupt and money grabbing. Maybe. Now, listen listen, Amazon went extra hard, though. They lost, but like that loss is questionable. They did some stuff like here's the thing when you dealing with bosses like this, they got pulled with, with the city, with the state. There's like in little Bessemer, Alabama, they ain't but like four or five <laughs> streetlights. They got the streetlight that was in front of their building, they got the pattern changed. Because that's where labor organizers were organizing. People would stop at the stoplight. They would pass them out flyers like, hey, this is what's going on. We're going on a strike. List. They got the lights changed so you wouldn't be long enough to do that. It's crazy. You know what else they did? Look, 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 look. It's supposed to be one of those blind votes where you mail in your ballot for whether you are going to vote for unionizing or not unionizing. Amazon had the nerve, hit the post office and was like, look, put a box in front of our place. And then it would harass people like, yo, you put your you put your vote in? Put your vote in? You put your vote in? Like, this shouldn't be legal. They was doing things, calling mandatory meetings during the workday and would hire these people that was like anti-union people. They were saying, these are the facts. We're just going to give you the information. They make their workers sit around and listen for hours <laughs> to people telling them union is wrong. They just, look, these are just bullies, man. It's just corporate bullies, dog. So you should already have your antennas up when a company is so hell bent on you not doing something. That should make you think, okay, now wait a minute now. Why why is this so bad? And there is a collective term for trying to stop companies from unionizing, and it's called union breaking. Under the the laws for you know labor in America, there's a lot of, a lot of leeway, a lot of wiggle room. Yo, get this. Right down the street. Well, not right down the street, further into the sticks is a coal mining strike happening right now. It started April 1st. I listened to this this sister, Kim Kelly, man. She, um, I think she was on Worst Year Ever recently. She had this reporting on the, on this same thing that there's this, this coal mine down there, way out in the sticks, ain't no cell service, right? They've been striking since April 1st. And then look, look, hear how gangster this situation is. There was a coal mining company down there that ran out of money. It went belly up. This venture capitalist company bought it. Now, since the company went belly up, they just fired all their workers. And then they, these new people came in and was like, yo, we got you. Nah, we on now. Yeah, we'll hire you. Here go your contract. And the contract was awful. they making way less. Way, way, way less. You got to work six days a week, 12-hour days. But what you going to do? Not work? So they signed this horrible contract, was working on it for a while. And finally, they was like, yo, this is wild, dog. We can't be working like this. We striking. So they unionize and strike. But why this story ain't so sexy is these is like sticks, redneck, white dude, Trump folks. Who are pro-union and that don't fit the narrative. Right. Because the Republicans is supposed to be, you know, anti-union because in our stories out here, union is all commie. Right. But no, it's just folks saying you can't just treat me however you want to treat me. This ain't no commie. Like, damn, man. And so it's like it's it's baffling to see these right wing Trumpers all about this union. But it shouldn't be if you just understand what it's like to be poe, to be up under somebody power. You just can't let nobody work you like this. And listen, since they way out there in the sticks, that company do what they want. Man, they've been driving cars into picket lines and carrying on, harassing people. They got drones floating over and you can't say nothing because you poor. What you going to do? Look, pimping, less talking, more walking. Get your ass back on that curb and go give me my money. I, I mean, what else you going to do? I don't understand how this ain't red meat to the, the Fox News and them. And like, why? If I'm Johnny Red State, I'd be out there right now because this is a great story. These these hardworking, you know, salt of the earth, American Americans standing up to the corporate elites and they being treated Nah, But it don't fit because because listen. They unionize that you look, your set don't ride for you. I know, I know I'm not talking to people that would listen to Fox news on this, but I'm trying to tell you right now, your set don't ride for you. Now, uh, I am on my side personally. I'm pro union to the extent that a union is needed. You know what I'm saying? I don't like being forced into it. I was a teacher forever. So when I was a teacher, I didn't know what a union was, but I realized They told me how much I was going to get paid a year. I was like, all right, cool. That's dope. And then they said, do you want to get a union rep? And I was like, what is that? And they was like, oh, they'll negotiate your salary for you. And I was like, oh, word. So they could get me more. Well, damn. Okay. well, I I mean, I didn't I mean, I didn't know I'm gonna do the same amount of work. You mean I could get paid more for it that you get a rep that come in there and make sure they're paying you right. I mean, I thought I mean, this was all I knew. I was like, this sound good to me, but that collective understanding of like, nah, homie, like, you don't have to be treated this way. Like, you understand this place needs you just as much as you need them. And then then the power dynamic shifts. Because at the end of the day, is that not what we're talking about? We're still talking about a power dynamic. Again, capitalism is amoral. So is power. Power just wants to feed itself. And I mean, socialism, it, the same way, it's no different. It's amoral. It's It's still concerned with power. I mean, it's no how you do these things, in my mind, is where the humanity, humanity falls. But unions exist because of capitalism. Capitalism's amoral. Now, what does all this have to do with us? I want to talk to you about unemployment and the concept of scarcity right after this break.
2: Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
3: <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream.
1: So, look, this was back in April, this unionizing thing, because I don't know if you know throughout the pandemic, Amazon wasn't hurting. Like, matter of fact, they was offering a lot of jobs. You understand what I'm saying? And they set themselves up with a situation to say, well, we treat y'all fair, so leave us alone. But the relationship, I'm arguing, is still symbiotic. I'm not sure they out the water. I think maybe there might be a time that once people really, really realize really how much money Amazon made and how little and how hard they work in these people, that, like, something may, something may crack. But why Amazon made so much is something that's like a monopoly that uh, Elizabeth Warren was kind of running on and just kind of saying that like, they shouldn't be able to be the grocery store and the groceries, basically saying Amazon has its own products and it's the store. So like, man, of course, there's no, you can't compete. It's, it's the Netflix model. Netflix is where you see movies and Netflix makes movies. So like, there's no, it's capitalism. Where else you gonna go? Like, And of course, they're going to throttle their own stuff because of this idea of scarcity. What scarcity means is there's only so much of something. There's there's only a limited amount and a limited way to get to that. Does that make sense? Now, when you stretch that to jobs, there's only so many jobs available. So when you hear things like a jobs report, unemployment rate, what we're saying is like how many people in the world or in America don't have jobs that want one. That's your unemployment rate, 8%, 10%. What? Obviously, when the pandemic hit, it shot up. Nobody had work because stores were shutting down, but obviously, but the jobs weren't, weren't available. Now, some would argue that this, this economic stance, this, this jobs report is really part of the incentive to never do any prison reform. Walk with me, y'all. Because the more, again, scarcity, There's only so many jobs available. So if there's more people competing for those jobs, then there's less jobs available for the children of those in power. I I mean, it it might feel like a a jump, but could you imagine if all these nonviolent of corner boys who were selling weed out their backpack got their records expunged and didn't have to tick felony on their applications who have all these skills as brilliant businessmen because they was corner boys at one time totally more prepared for the corporate experience or the political experience that these kids who just learned it in school have. What's my incentive? It's amoral, remember? I need to keep you out the jobs market because there's only so many to go around, but that's a side note. But onto the note I do want to talk to y'all about is this unemployment rate and unemployment benefits. Now, the government does have a role in all this. Now, depending on where you land on small government and large government, which is a whole other conversation. The question basically about that is like, what's, is, should government be your first resort or your last resort? Now, traditionally, your conservatives believe that the government should be the last resort. So we was in a global pandemic. Therefore, there ain't no jobs out there. So we need to boost the unemployment, the amount of money people can get when they sign up for unemployment now that the pandemic over. Remember, I don't know if y'all remember, they was fighting over how much it was going to be, $300 a week, $600 a week. You know, then we got that funky little $1,200 stimulus check that was supposed to last the whole year, right? Y'all playing games. But anyway, we still talk about this symbiotic relationship between the plug and the corner boy, between the the employer and the employee and how this power game kind of work. Now, some of y'all may know A bunch of states actually are ending their unemployment benefits early. June 12th is Alaska, Iowa, Mississippi, and Missouri. June 19th is Alabama, Idaho, Indiana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, South or North Dakota, West Virginia, Wyoming. I don't know if you noticed, these are clearly Republican states. Arkansas, June 26th, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, South Carolina, South Dakota, Texas, and Utah. June 27th is Montana, Oklahoma, July 3rd in Tennessee, in July 10th in Arizona, your unemployment benefits are ending. Then, so if you lost your job because of the pandemic, or for any other reason, and you've been collecting unemployment, and you wanted these states, it's gonna end. But that's only besides the point. Their argument for ending this is the idea that this is going to make you go get a job. It's a power play. But what's been happening is, according to, it's so funny, according to the CEO of Indeed, he said, in these states that ended their unemployment early, the national the numbers of clicks for job searches on their website really only went up a little bit and only for a couple of days. And in some states, it dipped, meaning you ended these unemployment and people still ain't looking for jobs. Why? Conservative pundits would argue because the unemployment is too high. Fools is begging. There's so many jobs available, right? They say we're having a, our, our workforce is struggling because nobody wants these jobs. And their argument is it's because unemployment is too good. Why would I go work if I get this money for free? The problem is that's just not what the data is showing. The data showing actually that in states where people don't have unemployment, they're not clicking more jobs than states that do. It's pretty much the, it's the same. I saw a thing that Applebee's was offering free appetizers if you come get this interview. People don't show up for interviews or apply for or actually come in and try to get these jobs because unemployment, to continue to get it, you have to show that you're trying to get work. So maybe you apply, go get a thing, and then just like walk away. Why are people doing this? They're saying because unemployment is too high. But here's what's interesting to me. But I'm like, look, is unemployment high or is your job trash? Maybe you not offering enough money for us to work. So uh, you look at yourself in the mirror at all. Maybe it really ain't worth it like it used to be standing out on this corner. Maybe there's other ways to do this. You know what I'm saying? Rather than saying, "Okay, well, let's raise the minimum wage, meaning maybe we should pay people more because the relationship is symbiotic. If y'all don't want to work, is it because you get money from somewhere else that's too much well, then what should the market? What does market tell you? What does market rules tell you that tells you you need to pay more? You can't tell them to pay less or can you? Because that's exactly what happened. Government went in there and said, well, you need to stop paying them so they'll come work for me. That's a power play. Rather than paying more, they say in lower unemployment, because at the end of the day, in their pocket, they saying, listen, there's only so many jobs available. And what's what's being shown right now is, oh, crap. We've been telling them for centuries they need us. Turns out we actually need them. Hmm. Right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm just saying, this is pretty hood. y'all this mug was recorded and edited by me propaganda right here in east los boyle heights los angeles y'all can follow me at prop hip hop on all the socials you can follow the hood politics pod itself at hood politics pod where we be trying to make takes on stuff that aren't really big enough for a whole episode but definitely needs a little bit of clarity this mug was scored, edited, mixed, and mastered by the one and only Headlights. Y'all go follow my dog, Matt Auswelski. I still don't know how to say his name. I'm glad he changed it to Headlights. Follow him on his socials at Headlights underscore music. Telling you hear all these new other fly tracks this fool be making. And the theme music was done by the one and only Gold Tips, Gold Tips, DJ Sean P. Y'all remember every time you check in, if you understand the hood, you could understand politics. Shouts to iHeartMedia for making this happen.